Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I didn't even see it land. I didn't even know it hit the cafe there. Holy smokes, he did it! Off the hit it here, cafe! Today is Wednesday, April 19th. Welcome to the Hit It Here podcast, whether you're with us on YouTube or over on Spotify. Now, we are having this go up right before the final game of the Brewers series. The Mariners just had another extra inning loss that made them 0-4 in extra innings against the Brewers last night. Joe, how'd you feel about last night's game? Well, Colton, I'm sad. <laughs> We're recording this right, right after the game, believe it or not. And I'm very sad. It's... Uh... You know, going back on a previous episode, how I said the team has negative ice, how Ty has negative ice. Julio tonight, unfortunately, also had negative ice, as you guys probably know. Bases loaded, two outs, bottom of the 11th to be the hero. Comes up with a ground ball short. Wasted his two really good at-bats in the first two, his first two ABs of the game. Yes, Colton? For the fact that most of our audience is on the older side, negative ice, I just learned this. Negative ice means, hey, you know, you don't have ice in your veins. Not You're clutch. Not clutch. Yeah, no clutch factor. So it's another tough loss at the end of the day. Yeah, and honestly, this series, at least the, the first game of the series going up against Corbin Burns went about as expected. Corbin Burns versus Chris Flexen, I mean... If you would have put money on the Mariners winning that game and they had actually won it, you probably would have been, been a millionaire. Yeah, the odds would have been very against you in that one. You would have been the only person in the world that was going to be like, the Mariners are winning that baseball game. It uh, it was one of those ones where I thought Flexen, I mean, he had the one bad inning. He settled down, which is good yeah. to see. It's I think it's what you could have asked for. For a Flexen start, it's just Murphy did not come in and get his, get the job done later in the game as well so it just that kind of compounded on the rest of that outing i guess for the for the rest of the game the score line there it just it was within arm's reach and then it wasn't yeah chris flexen at some point just randomly just struck out the side just no big deal yeah Ball I mean, people chris he had a, he had a super fast first inning as well like he came Six out the pitches, gate i think yeah, yeah came out the gate real real hot and i don't know if that's just the brewers trying to jump on him early they're being aggressive or his stuff was just working that early, but yeah, you're right though. Game one definitely went about as well as it could have and how you would have expected. Burns did leave that game early. I don't know. Do we know yet why? I mean, I, it looked like a pec. Was it a pec thing? Yeah, it was a pec strain. Yeah, okay. it, it ended up being a pectoral strain, thankfully, not like, you know, Something any terrible. heart issue. Yeah, yeah, so. Well, no, yeah, because he was like grimacing at it. I'm like, that's either a pec strain or his heart's like pinching. And that's just, <laughs> that's not <laughs> what you want. Yeah, I mean, the last thing we need is a C-man just, like, fall over on the mound. Yeah. Also, I listen, I know that we're past the Rockies series and the Rockies. I mean, the Mariners swept the Rockies. But I just, I got to talk really quick Ooh. about, did you see the ball that literally hit Noah Davis's hat? Yeah, skimmed him. Good thing he's got a big head big head of lettuce. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I was at that game and I it didn't look like it actually hit him. I thought mm. he just, like, his hat fell off. Yeah, then like I saw the his replay, momentum. and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, it skimmed his hat, bro. That's crazy. I just thought I'd bring that up because it mean, was interesting to me. No, like, I mean, you're right. It's two times in 
T-Mobile Park this year that two guys have taken a ball off the head. True. Luis earlier, you know, against the Guardians, and then Noah Davis when he was visiting. It's a scary. It's a scary place to be on the T-Mobile Mount. I I don't like that personally. I would rather T-Mobile Mount be a safe place for all. I of mean, us ask to ask enjoy a ask game. our starting pitchers. The last couple games have both given up four earned runs to the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm just saying, it might not be that you know safe and sound of a place as we want it to be. Yeah, game two for the Mariners versus the Brewers. It really felt like that was going to be a big turn of events for them in this series. And something else that's big is the new Julio Rodriguez big head bobble coming from Foco. Joe, tell us about it. Well, I've got it here on my phone. And let me tell you, Julio, believe it or not, has a big, big head here. It's the Foco Big Heads Julio Rodriguez edition out of 144. You guys aren't going to want to miss this. And you'll get a sneak preview of this Julio Big Head bobble in our video on Thursday at noon. If you guys check that one out. And the bobblehead will release officially on Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure you use code MarinerMojo10 at checkout for 10% off your order. The game two got off to a bad, bad start for Logan Gilbert as he gave up a big fly to Christian Yelich. How are you feeling, Colton, after that first inning from Logan Gilbert there? For all the people that just skipped through that ad and you emphasizing big, go back and watch the ad. Trust me. You're going to like it. Watch the ad. You'll understand why that was funny. You know, Christian Yelich is the corpse of the MVP that he was a few years back. But, I mean, Duke could still play. I mean, he's abysmal in the outfield. <laughs> but giving up that yeah. home run to Christian Yelich, I mean, Logan got off to a tough start. What was he at, like, He's almost at, 60 pitches through like two or three innings. I think he was at 46 at the end of the second inning. And then he was at like 60 something through three. So yeah, it was not looking good for Gilbert. And that, that ball that Yelich hit out, he just, oh wait, I'm thinking it might be thinking of the Willie Adames one. Where was the pitch that Yelich hit out? Was it out over the plate? Like it was, it was, it was away. I mean, he hit it out into Edgar's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was away from him. And he put a lot of like, he looked like he was late on a lot of pitches. Maybe he was trying to just hit the ball where it was pitched, yeah. but he did just look like he was just late trying to push the ball. Yeah. I mean, it barely got out, right? It was, it was 360. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah. Mean, he got it, but it's just a tough start for Logan. And then just having to battle like a bunch of batters. I think I remember Goldsmith saying he took six out of the, Five out of the first six batters to three two counts. It's not something you want to see for a guy that you need to go out there and get you some big innings. He did, you know, eventually figure it out, bounce back, have some quick ones. He ended up going six, right? Yeah, or did he go which, five? He went six, which I had no faith yeah. in happening after the first two innings. I'm like, he's going to be out after four. Mm -hmm. But he somehow managed to make it through six innings. I don't know how he did it. But he did it. I will say, largely in part to the offense waking up against Colin Ray, likely was a big deciding factor there for Scott, letting him continue, let him get into a groove, get some quick outs. Logan Gilbert finished, what, with eight strikeouts? Eight Ks, yeah. yeah. First, uh, and no walks. Eight Ks, no mm -hmm. walks. Yeah, so Logan Gilbert, his, his splitter is looking about as dangerous as we all would have hoped and expected it to be coming out of spring training when we all knew that he was throwing this pitch. It's looking really good. I'm... I'm I would say it's a very successful strikeout pitch for him so far. And I would agree with that. And I think for the Mariners, Logan Gilbert has been, he wasn't, he wasn't great today. He definitely found his command later in the game, but he mm -hmm. has been somewhat of, he's at least been one of the most reliable guys behind Luis Castillo. Of course, I think Logan has been the most reliable pitcher mm -hmm. in the rotation so far. I mean, again, not a, not a great start for him today. Not a bad start. He was reliable. He was able to get you through six innings, turn it over to the bullpen. Yeah. I mean, he was, he, he was, it was, the game was tied when he left the game. 
Sure, he had the lead for a bit, but then Adames got a pitch over the plate, punched it out to right field. That was a good swing by him. Yeah, I mean, he Adames is a great hitter, so mm-hmm. all credit to him. But, yeah, Logan Gilbert able to bounce back, show some resilience there on the mound. It's great for him. It just didn't end up in his favor at the end of the day. Yeah, and to backtrack just a little bit here, we first we talked about the Yelich home run, and then the very next batter was Jesse Winker. Guys, we got to <laughs> have a shot. Yeah. We got to have a chat. What are you doing booing Jesse Winker? I get it. Things didn't go very well with Jesse Winker here in Seattle. His behavior, he's even talked about it. Hey, he just didn't put up the numbers he needed to. He didn't. He wasn't in the right mindset. He said there was off the field stuff. Guys, he was here for a year. In the year that you made the playoffs, he helped your baseball team make the playoffs. For better or for worse. He helped your team make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, why are we booing him? Uh, it's. I think you hit, make a great point. It was one singular season. If he had been torturing us for years of bad play, then go ahead, boo him, whatever. But like, what is the what is the one year really affect you? How how does it really like truly like? I don't I don't get it, bro. Yeah, dude, dude fought the entire Los Angeles Angels of Disneyland for Julio Rodriguez, and we're booing the guy. I mean, he's not. He wasn't Sean Figgins. He wasn't on the Mariners for years, a guy they're relying on for years. And it turns out, oh, whoops, darn it. He wasn't very good. And we got Eugenio Suarez in that trade, too. It was still a good trade. One way or another, it was still a good trade. Jesse Winker didn't work out. He's going to go to the Brewers and probably hit 300 with, you know, 25 home runs. Okay, it happens. Who cares? I will say it is kind of funny, him with his mannerisms still being very, very similar. Like, just his like pop-ups then he like bat flips in disbelief that he missed that pitch some things never change and i don't think jesse winker's mannerisms and attitude at the plate will ever change and i mean until he came to seattle he was good so no one ever said a word about that he has a bad year and everyone loses their collective minds listen i get it it was never going to work for jesse winker in seattle but have the teensiest bit of class yeah i don't know as soon as i heard the booing i'm like you guys gotta be kidding me and, you know, come next year if Tommy LaStella is no longer on the team and he's coming to town and he's playing in a game, if we boo Tommy LaStella for him having 100 poor at-bats, like, what are we doing? It's not it's not worth it. It's it's just not worth it, in my opinion. Come next week, if Tommy LaStella is on this team, <laughs> I'm going to rip my freaking hair out. But you know what you don't, Cooper But what you won't do is you won't boo him if he's on the opposing team. That's true. That's true. You might boo I... him if he's on your own team and he makes a bad play, but like that's <laughs> yeah, neither here nor I'm... there. He still is part of the team, so you can boo him then. So there's a little bit I'm of a difference there. I'm more likely to boo him when he's on the Mariners because yes. after he's gone from the Mariners, I'm gonna. This is gonna be a repressed memory for me mm-hmm. that he was ever a Seattle Mariner to begin with. There you that go. dude is so bad. Hey man, and... he got an RBI today. Yeah, because Christian Yelich doesn't know how to play the outfield. <laughs> Christian Yelich yeah. looked so bad coming in from left. And yeah, I, listen, in his first at bat, Tommy Lasella stood up there. Five pitches were thrown to him. He didn't swing at any of them, and he walked. I would rather Tommy Lasella go up there and not swing the bat. Have the Don't Ma- even swing. have the Miguel Vargas strat from the Dodgers spring training. Please, yeah. please, just go up there, and just stand there, stare at the guy, you know. And then oh, I struck out, or oh, I walked. Cool. That's all I want from him. I think now I'll have a video coming out Thursday about who, what the Mariners should do with their DH spot and some roster moves that probably need to be made, but we can talk a little bit about it here. Just easiest thing to do is bring up Mike Ford. Yes. Do it. 
Bring up Mike Ford right what's, now. What's the what's what's what is stopping you from bringing up Mike Ford and just getting rid of Tommy Listella? He can't play the field for you. At least Mike Ford can take over first base for Ty France once in a while. Yeah, what are your for, thoughts for, on this? For a day. Yeah, yeah, I mean you're right. You've you've said it. I'm gonna use a, a phrase that you say a lot. Ad nauseum about how he has no value to this roster because he can't play the field. If he could play the field and he's still not hitting Colton Wong, he has value. Sure. Right? But there's no intrinsic value because he doesn't he can't play the field. He's not putting on a glove and going out there and fielding ground balls. Bryce Harper is learning a new position. Yeah, he's an MVP. It's a little bit different of a conversation there. But he's learning first base. He's learning a new position, which you called, by the way. Congratulations. You want your cookie now or later? I uh, Now would be great. All right, yeah. here you go, man. Called it, called it the first podcast. Go back and watch it. I said Bryce Harper's going to come back to the first baseman. Dab. You did say that. So it's just, yeah, Get I I don't want Listella on the roster anymore. And you mentioned Mike Ford. I think he'd be the one person that would come up and replace him right now. Obviously, there are other guys still waiting in the wings that are on their rehab assignments. We'll touch on that in a second. But I think Mike Ford, he's a great option. Ty France is one of those guys that has played every single game so far. Eventually, he will need a day off. J.P. Crawford got his first day off today because Jose Caballero was up. Congratulations on him making his first MLB start. He looked great. He hit the ball hard. He walked, made some, like, decent defensive plays he got lucky on one double play turn that the umpires just closed their eyes for for a second but we take those right we he take stole a bag we t- i mean uncontested but we take those <laughs> right that's yeah, a stolen bag i mean he i think he had it regardless but yeah like caballero's a guy he comes up he looks like he's just ready to go play and that's what tommy Lastella isn't doing right now he's not looking ready to play cooper hummel you mentioned sending him down getting like DFAing him or not DFAing? He probably has options. He does. Yeah. yeah, optioning him. Has he played a position? Has he played in the outfield? I think he did. He's once, taken right? over in the outfield. Yeah, once in a while. Yeah. We've got the guys that are going to come back that are going to do that instead. So I feel like Listella and Hummel's days are definitely numbered, and it all matters of how rehab starts for Dylan Moore, Taylor Trammell, and Cade Marlowe go. Yeah, and obviously Tramel and Marlowe and more. I mean, they all started their rehab assignments on Tuesday. Tramel and Marlowe, I think, are probably a little bit closer than somebody like Dylan Moore, just because Moore didn't have a spring training whatsoever. Neither did Tramel. Uh, I guess that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, if I if I was to make so this video is going up on Wednesday. If I was to make two moves right now, it would be sending down Hummel, DFAing. Lestella, bring up Mike Ford and bring up Colin Moran. What are your thoughts? You want to bring up Colin Moran, huh? Just just for a little bit, just to give Gino a day off at third. I think you make a good point about giving Gino a day off for Colin, Mor- for Colin Moran coming up. It's one of those ones where there's nobody else on the roster right now. Maybe Caballero can slide over there, but that's probably not something you really need to test the waters with. You've got a proven guy in Moran that can go over there. Whether or not he's there for a while it's probably going to be about what a week and a half two weeks until dylan moore's probably ready to come back and then sam Haggerty is off the concussion il so i don't dislike either of those ideas it's a lefty bat you know they'll provide some value i don't love the moran pick i think ford would be my preference but for making two colin moran's probably the second one that's like most major league ready so yeah yeah and i mean the bears are going to have a lot of interesting like roster construction problems coming up. I mean, Munoz comes back soon. Obviously, the guy that goes is probably Saucedo, but yeah. Diego Castillo could be on the list right there as well. I, I mean, mean, as soon as Robbie Ray's back, I think Castillo goes. 
Uh, yeah, I feel like he, he has hasn't. to. Obviously, then Flex goes back to the bullpen, and mm-hmm. I mean, he just has out of all the bullpen pieces that potentially could move, he has looked the worst. And I, I want to say Gravel on Twitter, Gravel Sense mentioned that he still has an option somehow, some way. I think he has one option left, which doesn't Diego. Seem right. Yeah. Let me go look. What? Let me go. Let me go look. Is there a way I can see that on? Uh, baseball reference. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Fan graphs. track. Minor league baseball options two. On it's two. On Fangraphs, yeah, it says two. Bro. Yeah. What? Yeah. Ow. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's only had been in the league for five years, six years, so and he's probably never got option before in terms of, like, service time and stuff, I guess. I don't know. So we can backtrack if you'd like. <laughs> no, I kind of li- like this. Just like <laughs> the organic. I kind of like this. Yeah, this the is little, organic. The little organic search, yeah. So he's got two options according to fan graphs for the minor leagues. So it's one that doesn't affect your roster because he's not going to get cleared. Can you move back to the center of the camera, please? Thank you. It's <laughs> a nice shirt. Mariner Mojo. Make sure you get it down in the description down below. Go to our shop. Buy our shirts. Perfect. You'll look cool. Yeah. Hashtag ad. Hashtag ad. Yeah, I think Castillo, since he has options, will be the one to go when Ray comes back. Ray comes back. Castillo goes bye-bye to the Miners. Mm-hmm. Saucedo. I think Saucedo has options. I would assume he has options. Don't make me And this. then... Cooper Hummel goes down. Let's say, let's just say for Taylor Trammell, just to make it easy. Dylan Moore for, so we're switching Dylan Moore for, we'll just say La Stella. Trammell for Hummel. Mm-hmm. Ray for, we'll just say Ray for Saucedo. Yeah. Munoz for Castillo. Castillo. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, the team's already a million times better right there. Yeah. You got a lot more flexibility. I think with an outfield of like, Kalanick, Julio, and then Trammell, and then Teo DHing. I think not that Teo's been bad defensively because we all know the defensive run saved metric is very useful all the time. Teo's leading the league in that right now, I believe. I want to say probably on baseball savant, I have a higher outs above average percentile than Jared Kalanick, even though Kalanick has looked good in left field and in right field. So get a really great fast defensive outfielder and Taylor Trammell back, allowing Teo to DH and maybe focus on the hitting, get his bat going a little bit more. The roster just looks a bit more complete with these guys that we would have had had injury bug not happened leading up to the season. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Dylan Moore could obviously play basically any position on the field for you. Mm-hmm. With Haggerty coming back off of the injured list, that definitely helps in that scenario as well. I'm not sure how the roster is constructed with Tremel, Haggerty, and Moore along with keeping aj pollock of course something someone may get hurt and this may not be a problem yeah but obviously you only have the couple of bench spots the four bench spots for tom murphy right now they're being taken up by tom murphy aj pollock um jose caballera caballera caballero and tommy listella and cooper so you might need to add another one there buddy Cooper Hummel's right there. 
I right. Mean, you know, I, that's right, because Caballero, they came up. That's right, because they're actually they're running with a man short in the bullpen right now. That's right. Yeah, so normally they'd only have four. Right. So it's like that becomes I don't know. Do you, you send you, down Sam Haggerty? No. I know. The YouTube comments are gonna come after me. Oh my god, option Sam Haggerty, stop it. I mean, at that point, I feel like you probably look at putting Tremel in a package for a trade for a either DH type corner infielder that cycles through with Ty France and Gino, as opposed to using Mike Ford and Colin Moran, and then if Dylan Moore is available. Because you need Dylan Moore to take a lot of the load off of second base at this point because Colton Wong has not looked successful or competitive in his at-bats. He's looked fine in the field for the most part. He ran the bases okay. You know, he scored on a sack fly, which is huge today. But you're going to need Dylan Moore to be... He, he's not going to be as spread out, I feel like, this year as he has been in the past. He's going to be second base... I feel like a lot more than we probably had anticipated going into this year. Obviously, things can turn around. It is still only 18 games into the season. We're still going to ride this out with Colton Wong for a bit. So, yeah, I I don't know if it's Tramel or if it's Haggerty that gets sent down or gets traded, but I would not be surprised with the lack of production that we've had at the DH spot. I mean, Foolish Baseball had a tweet this morning talking about the lowest OPSs per position throughout the MLB, and it's guys that started at that position for the team on that day. The Mariners have the lowest OPS at second base and the lowest OPS at DH. Having the lowest on-base percentage plus slugging for a guy that is literally your designated hitter? I understand that the Mariners' philosophy is not the same as everyone else. Not every team's going to go out and sign Josh Bell. I know he's been bad. I know he's been bad. But not every team's going to go out there and sign one guy to just switch off and on with another guy on your team. That's not how the Mariners do it. That's how some teams do it. It's different for everybody. But like the worst in the league and you want to go compete with the Houston Astros? No shot. Also just in uh correlation with that tweet, the Mariners those two positions were the lowest OPSs on the entire list. Oh, really? So they were, <laughs> even if you were to rank all those numbers. Oh, no. The Mariners would still be at the bottom. Like, That's so unfortunate. Yeah. So they're they're the lowest of the low in those OPSs. So. Fantastic. So backtracking a little bit to the second game of the Brewers series, there is one specific decision that Joe and I want to talk about, mm -hmm. and that is Cooper Hummel hitting against a lefty instead of A.J. Pollock. Joe, take it away. What what happened? What Scott? What's going on? I just want, I, I would love to talk. I get, you know, that would be a great conversation to have what the matchups. I get that Scott is all about the, you got to focus on the matchups. The analytics are there for you to be your friend, to help you through these moments of who do I pinch hit against a left-handed pitcher, Hobie, fun name to say, Hobie Milner. Jared Kelnick just got to walk. We know we're pinch hitting Tommy LaStella in that situation. We're getting him out of the lineup. You have AJ Pollock, who you signed to a one-year $7 million deal. That is a lefty specialist, apparently, in his previous outings in his career. Yeah, he smashes lefties, guys. And you know who Scott didn't pinch hit? It was AJ Pollock. He let Cooper Hummel go up there, and Hummel ground into a double play through the third baseman, just stifling any semblance of a rally that would start in that inning. I think we were winning at that point. It was 4-3. to three. Maybe it was 4-4. to four. I can't remember. 
think it was four to four, maybe. Why are you looking at me like that? I've died. I don't know. What, I don't know what it was. <laughs> I think it was four to four because it was the sixth. It would have been the bottom of the sixth. I think that makes sense to me. Just the, it's not a competitive at bat. Whereas I feel like Pollock would have given you a competitive at bat. What do you What do you think Scott's thoughts are with Pollock? There is no world in which Tommy Listella and Cooper Hummel should be getting at bats over AJ Pollock in any situation. I don't care who's on the mound. Really? Jesus Christ himself can be on the mound. AJ Pollock should take that at bat over either of those guys. Just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And it, you brought on AJ Pollock for this very thing to smash left-handed pitching. And unless he's dealing with some sort of nagging injury that we don't know about, mm-hmm. it's inexcusable to not put AJ Pollock into that situation. Why is he on your roster? If you're if you're gonna bat him once every four days, not give him a chance to actually get into some sort of rhythm. Yeah. Why is he on your roster? If you're going to bat Cooper Hummel and Tommy Lestella over him, it makes no sense to me. I think starting Lestella tonight does make sense if you want the lefty in there, but like it's not necessary where you may want Pollock to get rhythm. Like you're saying, get those at bats. This pitch hit situation I think is absolutely necessary. Sure. He's going to start tomorrow, whether it's DHing or he's in the outfield. Cause Eric Lauer's on the mound. He's a lefty. So Pollock's going to be in there with our right-handed heavy hitting lineup, our lefty specialist lineup, but why not get him at bat tonight? Maybe get the juices flowing, get him out there, seeing some pitches. It's an awkward arm angle. Heck it. He might put one out into Edgar's cantina for all we know. And then he could ride that into Wednesday's game against Eric Lauer, whose fastball exit velocity is like bottom five in the league, where Pollock might be able to groove one there too. It's just, it's baffling. Yeah. And I think the Mariners game, I mean, so far this series against Brewers has been bad. And I mean, we can talk all we want about how god awful Jim Wolf is, Jim Wolf was in this game but overall it doesn't matter the mariners offense after the third inning what didn't exist whether whether jim wolf was calling a strike that was actually thrown into the dugout or not the mariners offense it wasn't there it didn't exist i think i think goldsmith said that up until like the ninth inning the mariners hitters had only gone one over the minimum up until like the ninth i'm like what why and it could have been two if hummel doesn't ground into that double play yeah so overall, the Mariners offense, I mean, the, the pitching staff struck out 15. They still lost the game, yeah. but they struck out 15. So I can't put really any of the blame today on the pitching staff. Again, we talked about Logan's start and the bullpen pitched pretty well. Brash was really good out of the pen. Topa pitched all right. It's just in the end, it, it keeps coming back to the offense for the Seattle Mariners, which is interesting because when you and I have talked about it, the offense this year is better constructed than it was at the beginning of last year. Yeah. But and it last just, year at the beginning, clicking. you had Julio scuffling, just trying to drag himself to a base hit. And this year, yeah, he's hitting the ball hard. He had two 110-plus singles early in this game, but nothing else to show for it later in this. Like, when it mattered, I don't want to say mattered more because that feels like I'm picking and choosing. But when you needed him most, Julio vanished. That's when the Fire Nation attacked. And that's when Willie Adames did the little underhand lob to second base and it made me sad i was like i just stood up and walked away so joe you already talked a little bit about game three with marco gonzalez versus eric lauer on the mound 
in my opinion, like you said, of course, Colton Wong is going to get the day off with Jose Caballero out there at second base. Yeah, should be. I personally expect probably Julio to get the day off tomorrow. He hasn't had a day off yet. I think that tomorrow is the perfect day to give it to him. I mean, I agree that Eric Lauer is your best bet to have anybody hit a baseball. But maybe they decide to move Kelnick over to center and give Julio the day off so he can be off both on Wednesday and Thursday. I think that's been a common theme that everyone's been thinking that he's going to get the day off because the Mariners need to start getting some of these guys' days off. I mean, JP finally got his first day off today. Ty hasn't had a day off. Gino hasn't had a day off. And Gino just, like, died on the field the day after he got hit in the elbow. Mm -hmm. So some of these guys need to start getting some days off to keep them fresh. And even though Julio had a couple of insane, like, 110-mile-an-hour exit velos off the bat, the rest of the game, he looked flat, and he was not good in any way, shape, or form the rest of that game. So maybe it's a good time to give him some rest. I don't know if they'll do it, but it might be the right choice. I, I'm confused. I, I get what you're saying. The two-for-one days off, yeah. I, I know a lot of people have been mentioning that in terms of getting when to get a guy a day off. Tomorrow, I feel like Cal's not going to play. Tom Murphy's going to be in there. Cal's hand has been scaring, I think, every Mariners fan to death recently. How, how often he's been shaking it and just, like, looking at it funny. Makes me very, very anxious. So Murphy will be in there. Like you said, Colton Wong will get the day off because Caballero will be in there. If Julio's out, you put Kalanick in center, Pollock in left, and you have Hummel DH then? Because you're not going to start Listella against Lauer. And then at that point, your bench is relatively thin with what you have because you'll have julio and wong on your bench yeah i think that I mean, if i had to pick if julio does get a day off that's what's probably gonna what it's gonna look like is pollock and left jared and center and teoscar and right hummel dhing or if you put hummel out there in the outfield pollock's probably gonna dh at that point then I don't, and, I don't love it. I don't love our chances yeah. while we're trying to salvage a game against the Brewers here. We don't want to get swept on our home turf. I would rather not see Julio get a day off, and maybe that happens later when Trammell's back and ready. Like you're saying, he could go out there and play center field for you if you need him to. But that two-for-one, it sounds enticing, I will say. Well, and maybe maybe their idea of giving Julio a day off is just to put him at DH. Maybe maybe that's what they'll do sure. tomorrow. It's, that could make it's sense, possible. Um and I, I think the idea of putting Hummel in left and having Pollock DH, I mean, that's a good one, too. I think either way is fine. And those guys are, I mean, they'll still be available, obviously, off the bench if you absolutely need them. But I don't love our chances to salvage a game against the Brewers with Marco Gonzalez on the mound either. So I think it, yeah. maybe maybe it's just a throwaway game at this point. I mean, the Mariners' offense looks so flat in every facet. I just, I don't see a world where all of a sudden they pick it up tomorrow. Again, like you said, facing Eric Lauer, this is a really good chance to do so. Mm -hmm. But it'll just be interesting to see what Scott goes with uh, starting at 110 tomorrow. And thank you guys for watching the fourth episode of the Hit It Here podcast, whether you're watching YouTube or listening on Spotify. We appreciate it. Last time, we did not really get any questions we thought fit the bill for our cafe question of the day. So make sure to submit them in the comment section down below if you want to be featured in next week's episode. Again, appreciate you guys listening and watching this one. And go Mariners.